0: Just written in here, coming at you. Uh, it is a beautiful Saturday. Actually, we're seeing some sunshine finally, which is a uh, a very welcome change, actually, because we've been having a very odd, we'll say very odd time here in Oregon. We were supposed to have this sort of an Indian summer thing going on, and you know, and I'll and I'll be honest. I love <laughs> I love the weather here in Oregon, and. We had a great, what was it, like two, three weeks there of where it was really, really warm, and then we had uh, just a slew of horrible, horrible weather, and now we're kind of back to this whole, you know, partly cloudy, sunny thing where it actually doesn't quite feel like fall yet where it did a month ago, which is really weird, and so now we're into this different season of of crazy weather, but anyway, definitely, definitely enjoying the sunbreak as it were. Uh, so far having a great weekend with the family, you know, and uh, got to do a little men's breakfast thing out at Morningstar Church this morning. Had a great time, but now I'm back in studio here doing doing the show. And, uh, you know, there's been lots of stuff going on. And this is the cool part about living in Oregon. Oregon is an odd place. Oregon's a really strange place. In Salem, more specifically. You You can't compare Salem, Oregon to anywhere else, really. Um, the market is different. The demographic is different. And there are some places in Salem, specifically downtown that try to be like Portland, um, you know, but you really can't. And even, even politically, like there are so many conservatives right here in Salem. There really are. And it's peppered with this sort of liberal feel it, what do I mean by that? You can be it's so weird. People say that they're so non-political. like I don't like to talk about politics. I don't like to talk about religion. and God forbid you you merge the two. God forbid. You know you, you, so so what I've been told lately, and this is the battle that I've been coming up against, especially doing the show, I've been called a cult leader. I've been called this. Hey, that you know your your picture in the billboard kind of looked like uh, kind of looked like you're this local cult leader and stuff. Yeah, you know I I'm okay with with the name recognition. Sure, I'm okay with the with the hey you're that guy from from KSLM, aren't you? You used to be intern Curtis, didn't you? Yeah, you know I did, I, and I'm okay with with the name recognition. You know any press is good press, even bad press. But you know there's there's nothing cultish here. But what I mean when I say you can be political in this town without being political, here's here's what I mean, and it's the craziest sect of people who try to stay so far out of the political game that they're into it super duper deep. I have come up against so many people, even at line, even in the line in, in the local coffee shop here just down the road, um, you know the green one with the mermaid on it. You know the you know the one I'm talking about, the national chain, um, even that places like that, I get stopped and people will say, so, so you really think that, uh, you know, that Trump's a good president, huh? You, you really think that he's got the, the best interest at heart for our people here in, in, uh, in America and, uh, coming from the same people that, you know, days and weeks before, and I know it's going to happen again, who tell me, Oh, I don't like to talk politics. I hate talking about politics and I just want to stay out of that game. You're so hypocritical you're so hypocritical because you will sit there and you will blindly tell me that you hate talking about politics um but at the same time you try to deliver to me this message of libertarianism and and what it means to just be liberal and you just you hate Trump and you will take any opportunity to bash him and not not just Trump on a national level you guys But on a local level, too, you will bash people from our own party right here in Oregon. And this is the time that we need them the most. We need leaders like we have right now. We need patriots. We need patriots in Oregon to stand up and to do what's right and to and to vote their their conscience, which I'm thankful for. The the folks in the circles that I run with are both on either side of the fence. And I gravitate toward the conservative side. Yes, of course I do. Of course I I validate and I stand behind our Republican leaders here in Oregon. And on a national stage as well. I really do. And so it really chaps me when I get in front of people and when they approach me with their rhetoric that I don't know what it stems from. I don't know what it stems from. If it, does it stem from your past previous party affiliation does it stem from your mommy or your daddy you know telling you that Trump's terrible and that this is a really really scary time to be an American and and all that when you know it is a scary time in America there's no doubt about that you listen to the news and you know I don't care what news affiliate that you really listen to most often but I would encourage you to take an objective stance here and listen to both sides and make a judgment call based on your conscience. Like I said, there are way more conservatives in Oregon than Oregon votes. Oregon, Oregon is a blue state through and I mean, per their voting record per, per the electoral college. It's a blue state. People are voting in that electoral college, but it's really not the voice of the majority of the people here in Oregon. It's really not. How do we overcome that, Curtis? Well, we need to elect leaders. We need to stand up. Leaders need to come and rise to the top, come to the table and say, this is the line that we're just not going to cross here, guys. We are not going to cross this line. And and uh, the more leaders that we have that stand up to do that, the better, and the better off our our state and our country is going to be. And I mean that locally and on a national theater you know there have been there's so many problems going on right now the, there are still scary things going on overseas with terrorism there is terrorism going on right here in Oregon and but we are squabbling over party affiliation and all that which i am all for don't get me wrong don't get me wrong but what confuses a state what confuses a government what confuses the message more are people that will that take on the opinions of their peers just because they want to please their peers or they take on the opinions of their parents because that's that's what your social life dictates or or your family life dictates Wh- whatever man take courage and stand up for what you believe in stand up for what you believe in and and how can you not the the biggest the biggest thing that people attack me for is mixing religion and politics business and religion business and politics you can't mix the two what else is there to mix i ask you seriously and this was supposed to be email day and i hope to get to some of these emails that we've gotten from the show at allegiance allegiance to the flag at yahoo.com you can you can message the show you can message the show right here on facebook i'm on facebook all the time you can message the show we the people or, or if you have trouble finding us, which you shouldn't, you can find us at Allegiance to the Flag on Facebook. It'll take you right to the We the People local Salem page here uh, in Salem, Oregon, where this show, this, this platform is, is designed for you, for quote-unquote We the People, to have a voice in Oregon. That's, that's the whole point. And, and honestly, I, I think that that needs to be the goal and the point of, of what we do. Y- you have to mix the two. There's nothing else to mix. So if you're the kind of person that has approached me recently, or maybe you've emailed the show and said, "Yeah, you just you just shouldn't be mixing business and politics or or religion or whatever." What else is there? There's nothing else there to mix. I mean, we are defined by um, our our social comings and goings. We're defined by. Um, our religious standpoint, we're defined by our families, by our reputation, by our testimonies. We're defined by who we are and our belief paradigm. We're defined by that. You, you can't deny that. And it, out of that, it def- it it influences our business. It influences our play life. It influences our families and our marriages and our churches and our corporations and our radio shows and all the things. Like, you can't sit there and tell me not to mix the two. I had someone called me out the other day and said, shame on you for mixing the two. They emailed the show. Shame on you for mixing the two. I'm sorry, but there's nothing else to, to, to mix. If you take away politics, excuse me, let me back up. If you take away religion out of my life, if you take away that from me, there's, there's not much else for me to stand on. I'll I'll be honest with you. i I don't have a mat. I don't have degrees on my wall. I don't have things. I have a lot of life experience, as many of you know, but my education stems from a homeschooled background and a strong family life. Um, you know, with mom and dad and kids and family, and I've always had that around me. And when we get to the point where we allow ourselves to be influenced by, um, people who are a uneducated about issues. Be uneducated about about their about the the spiritual life or, or about religion and things like that. If we allow ourselves to be influenced by people like that, it can it will continue to chip away at things. I am proud to say, and I am proud to stand here and say from from any platform anywhere, I stand for Jesus and what He did for me in my life. I stand for the conservative movement in this country because. That is what brought us out of tyranny and oppression from a tyrannical ruler across the ocean. That's what sets us apart. That's what We the People is all about. That's why the show is called We the People, because it's constitutional, because it harkens back to a time maybe when things weren't simpler, more simple. I mean, you you, you say, Curtis, wow, I mean, that's we've never lived in a more complicated time than we live in America right now. It's a very dangerous time, very scary time to be an American. I I would ask you this. I would think it would—it was more dangerous to be or call yourself an American during the Civil War, during the Revolutionary War. I mean, it, even that, like trying to separate ourselves from Britain and the tyrannical ruler and taxation without representation and all that stuff, it was so dangerous to call yourself and be affiliated with, an, with the American people and what we stood for as a nation because you were literally either going to die for it or live long enough to see the Declaration of Independence in 1776 take into effect. It it was never more dangerous to be an American right then and there at that point in our nation's history. Are we seeing some scary things? Yes. Yes, we are. We are seeing terrorism right here. We're seeing the Antifa movement getting way out of control. We're seeing stupid, stupid things like, um, okay. So here's, here's a great, Here's a great thing right here, uh, students. Oh, where did I see it? I saw it. Um, the The 350 PDx movement. Students were were ditching school, and almost a mile long procession had almost a mile long march for things like phasing out fossil fuel inf- infra- infrastructure, um, uh, placing a, a moratorium on all new fossil fuel permits and projects. Am I for um other fuel sources and and trying to figure out how better we can take care of our environment yeah absolutely i am absolutely but these children are taking on these opinions of of all this stuff and stronger regulating regulation for healthy breathable air uh, of course that that's the goal but right now in our infrastructure in our economy is based around a fossil fuel and that's how we get along. That's how we get our, our around and, and do our lives and our and our ozone and our, our different things and our climate is so rejuvenating and it is so resilient to things and renewable every day that right now, a, a move like this would cripple us. Remember when Ocasio-Cortez proposed the Green New Deal and how it was just shot down immediately because of the trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars that it would take from coast to coast to change our infrastructure like that. I mean, it's 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 these things and it's these reasons why I get so bent out of shape over this stuff. It's like there are there's a bigger heart issue. There's a bigger fish to fry here with all that. I'm not saying I'm opposed to it all. I'm just saying that there are other things that we need to keep in mind and move forward with. I'll come right back and talk more about this when We the People return on 104.3 FM KSLM. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. Yeah, sorry to sorry to rant there a little bit, but you know that's that's literally how my week how my weeks go. I mean, for the most part, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Um, And if you're just now tuning in, this is supposed to be like email and question a little Q and A day uh, for we the people for the show. And you know, I get a lot of emails. I get a lot of messages from people who are totally for what we're doing and totally for. Um, you know, the message and, and the, the stuff that goes on behind the show and what drives the show. And, you know, there's a there's a huge, huge sect of people in Salem and in Oregon, by and large, who are red through and through, that are totally conservative and Republican and, and are proud of it. And I feel like now is the time where it gives us some strength and some courage to come forth and and be okay announcing the fact that we are, that we're conservative. Don't you, don't you think? I mean, we have a strong president. I really thank God for President Trump. He's really doing a great job, in, in my opinion, and there's lots of people that believe the exact opposite and that's the hypocritical piece that I'm talking about. I get approached from people all the time that say, you know, you shouldn't mix religion and politics with business and all that stuff when that's, like I was saying before, again, if you're just now tuning in, kind of recapping segment one, that's really all we have I mean, besides what you like for music and different things, I mean, there's things that identify you and make you unique to you. But there are things, if you start taking away the politi- the religion aspect of it, I'm, and that's that's really what, what we base a lot of our things on, our learning abilities and and how we learn best and, and our personalities and things. But the things that make up who we are as a Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever sat down and thought, like, what makes me, me? Well, what makes me me, if I think about it, what makes Curtis Curtis is my family, my my relationship with God, and my church, and, and the things that make, those are the things that make me me. Um, there are some fundamental, some foundation pieces and building blocks into my foundation as a person, as a human being, that make me who I am. And all of those contain bits of religion, all of those contain bits of politics and business and that's what makes me me. And it and if you're honest with yourself, you you can't you can't really disagree because you know, and I'm not saying that you're defined by your work. You're not defined by what you do. It's what you do, it's not who you are. You are defined by you, the things that make you you. And there are elements of religion, politics, and 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 family in there, so that's what makes me me. What makes me me is my relationship with God, my family, and the people that I choose to spend my time with, um, in church and all all those things. And so that's what I'm saying. There's, there are fundamental building blocks that make you who you are. And and if and people will approach me and they'll say, well, that's not what makes me me. And that, well, what does make you you? And they can't really give me a, a straight solid answer, you know. And I want to employ you to to look at, your, look at your life, look at yourself, and figure out. I, I wrote a list of things that make me, me. That if you were to take those pieces away, there's not much really of Curtis, you know? And if you're honest with yourself and not hypocritical, if you took an unbiased opinion of who you are as a person and broke it down, you would find elements of religion, politics, Family, those kinds of things, the things that define you. So, anyway, I, I, I just hope you can take that with a grain of salt to, to know that I'm not coming down on you by any means, but there's a lot of hypocritical stuff out there who people are trying to be so apolitical that they're super political. You know, by telling me that, um, oh, Trump's an awful president and, and um, you know, we, we love what um, Ocasio Cortez is doing in, in the White House and that whole. That whole chestnut of her trying to get overseas with her with her girlfriend—I forget what her name is off the top of my head—but you know who I'm talking about, you know, and trying to infiltrate a country in the country of Israel, who are actually very good allies of ours, infiltrating that with terrorists from back in the day. It's it's a really rough gig, and I just don't understand why they would do that. But anyway, you try to tell me that. You don't want to have anything to do with religion and politics and shame on Curtis for mixing the two and then try to operate a business out of that. Well, yeah, duh, because that's what we do. That's 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 who we are. That's who I am. And if you're true to yourself, it's who you are, too. And I'm not trying to tell you that you're conservative or that you should be. All I'm saying is there are core values and there are core things that make you, you, that you can now, you should have the courage to stand on. And, and again, people say that it's, you know, it's such a dangerous time to be an American. Well, yeah, yeah, it's dangerous, but it's no more dangerous than it was back in 1774, five and six when we won our independence. I mean, it was very dangerous to say I'm an American, super dangerous, you know, so. You might as well just paint a target on your back, and I kind of feel like that now. When I say, "Yeah, I'm I'm in I'm in conservative radio. I operate a conservative business. I'm I operate my family. I lead my family from a conservative platform. Yeah, we go to church. Yes, uh, I believe that Trump is the best choice for for presidency. And if he wasn't, I if he wasn't the best choice, I don't believe he'd be in office. I, I really don't. I really believe that God orchestrates those things. Um, from his office, which is above any office in the land, and so that's where I'm kind of standing on this on this platform right now, behind this pulpit, I guess today, honestly. And there's such an issue right now between the young, between the older generation and the younger generation, right now. And I'm kind of calling myself in that older generation, although I'm not. I'm a hybrid of both the millennial and Gen Xers. But you, young people, younger people, my demographic and younger don't take the opinions of your professors. Don't take the opinions of your parents as gospel, educate yourselves and learn. Have you ever even read the constitution? Have you ever even, you know, had a multitude of counselors that weren't your professors and students at school? And, and I, and I segue that into this thing from that, that was happening in Portland and, uh, it's it's really it's really kind of it's really kind of upsetting because there are more things to deal with right now. There was almost a mile long march in Portland from I believe it was Hillsboro, Tigard, and Milwaukee that they all just sort of gathered together and ditched class to march for this this movement. And again, I am all for going green. I'm all for taking care of the environment but your your pendulum has swung so far that you're missing quite a lot of of the bigger of the bigger picture you know you you really are and that's what sort of sticks with me a little bit um anyway just more more things like that 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 sort of bug me here Okay, here you go. This just happened uh, up in Portland, this march that I've been talking about that I've been sort of hammering on this entire time. And um, there are some organizations that have have sort of come to the forefront of this, the OGTA, the 350 PDX, 350 Eugene, uh, PSR, APAN, uh, Rogue Climate, um, Unite Oregon, Opal, things like that. Those are those are the ones who are trying to stand up and take a take stand with this. And let me just give it to you here in in a nutshell. Some of this I'm going to read. Some of this is is opinion, and I'll and I'll sort of give you my, my sway on this. Um, but 350PDX is part of a broad uh, coalition working towards an Oregon Green New Deal. That's that's what's going on. January 2019, the coalition put together a seven-point platform, as it were, for what an Oregon for what an Oregon Green New Deal would potentially look like. Okay. And so they're asking for people to join, and I'm not going to point out any one place to look at this. All I'm asking you to do is look into this for yourself and come to your own own, um, opinions on this. The only thing that I see is a very liberal Portland, and the Electoral College up there directs the entire voting platform of Oregon, unfortunately. I am 1,000% for the Electoral College. I think it works. I think the only unfortunate part about that in Oregon is that the majority of Oregonians are red. Okay, they're red, um, and we saw and we saw that with Timber Unity. We saw that with you know with Kate Brown and her staff trying to push through this bill for the cap and trade and all that stuff. And we saw Oregonians stand up and take a stand and say, "No, we're not going to have this." Well, Kate Br- and and even as far as to say, is the new gun legislation coming out twenty twenty? they're going to try to push some of this stuff through in the, in the short session in November. Be careful. Be careful, Oregon. And I'm this is why I'm encouraging this. This is why I'm ranting today and why we're having sort of an email blast Saturday here at the station for We The People because the majority of the emails that I get are absolutely for um, – they're really smart people. They really are. They're for – um, less gun control stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter. Gun control doesn't fix anything. It doesn't fix anything. All it does is it takes our freedoms away and it puts more control and more power in the hands of the government that we don't want them to have. We don't. Period. And, and Kate Brown, the reason why we're so um, hard up about getting her out of office, the sooner the better, is because... She's trying to push through her agenda in such a short time that all she's doing is trying to set her up for a political seat in Congress. I know it, I believe it, and I'll say I told you so when it actually happens and she tries to run and do do her thing for Congress. Tragic. That would be terrible. But trying to push these things through and throwing her support at 350PDX and showing her support in stuff like this only, only attempts to only attempts to put forth the liberal agenda so far that she's she's it's just gaining her support in all the wrong ways. It's really bad. And be careful because the cap-and-trade bill hasn't gone away. It's coming back. They're going to try to push it through along with more gun control stuff coming up, more gun legislation coming up that they're going to try to push through in the short session when they think nobody else is looking. And that's the dangerous part. Super dangerous. Um, Going back to this 350 thing, when these folks did the march, they should have been in class honestly and and that's what that's what burns me alive they're spending so much time focusing on how angry they are and getting themselves caught up in a movement that they're going to be embarrassed about later on honestly once they grow up and once they see the reality it's like you guys who who's going to pay for all this first of all like i said i'm for the you know going green in some areas but there there is they're talking about completely Um, eradicating the current infrastructure, the current fossil fuel infrastructure to go green. And I'm for renewable energy. I absolutely am. But they're talking about pulling it so quick and trying to make changes so fast, they're not even thinking about the long-term implications. They're not. Um, The first phase is to phase out fossil fuel infrastructure completely uh, and place a, a moratorium on all new fossil fuel permits and projects. Oh, wow, that's going to put a halt on I don't know how many jobs. I don't know how many jobs. Um, a couple of the bullet points here are assess the risk to neighboring communities of existing fossil fuel infrastructure to I, I guess it would, I guess the idea behind that would be to kind of prioritize and, and plan for its decommissioning. And I get that, but it's too it's it's too quick and they're not looking ahead to the next decade of life and what that's going to mean for Oregonians. They're, they're just not. And they're putting too much regulation on things too quick. Um, another bullet point here would be offering workers job offering workers job programs, uh, including job training to transition from fossil fuel and other uh, extractive industries to renewable energy and others and other sectors. Who's going to pay for that? Those programs, uh, us the taxpayers, yeah, probably. Second thing here is strong regulation for healthy, breathable air. I'm all for that. Yeah, absolutely. Do we have healthy, breathable air right now? Yeah, we do. And a lot of the struggles that California has on all this stuff is because of fires and because of an overpopulated area with a lot of smog. That's a thing. That's a thing that they're working on. That's why there are filters now. That's why there are emission laws and... I'm all for those. I think it's great. I think they've taken it too far. Like I said, the pendulum swings too far, and we're just having more and more of a struggle. Um, Enacting strong regulations of diesel and other pollution from industry, transportation, um, other energy sectors. And and that, again, timber unity is going to play a big part in that because you start regulating things like diesel. I mean, what do you expect them to do? Convert all of their vehicles in the next five years? To biodiesel stuff that that's not feasible. That's, that's not feasible at all, and our economy is 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 all wrapped up in this thing too. Um, <laughs> use Oregon's Volkswagen settlement funds and other funding to reduce diesel pollution, prioritizing investment towards tribes, rural communities, low-income people, and communities of color, and the business they own and operate. Wow, that's a that's a big ask. Um, ban trash incinerators from operating in our communities. All all these things, they they stem from what I would hope would be well-intentions, but what they're going to get is a lot of pushback from people who rely on things like that for their income, and they're just not thinking through the next decade of life here. Um, clean, community-controlled, 100% renewable energy. In order to limit global warming, again, Global warming is not a thing, guys. It's climate. There, it things change and migrate. It's not a thing. To 1.5 C, when we must reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Zero carbon emissions by 2050. Wow, you've got to be kidding me. Um, and here, here's one that really blew my mind, and what's really not, uh, you know, feasible in the next 10, 20 years, even. Addressing transportation, they're calling it transportation justice, one of the largest carbon polluters in our state, um, in our state and and a majority source of air toxic and greenhouse gases. They're saying that the transportation, they're calling it a crisis is what it is. And honestly, it's it's. It's a lot of people who just don't have the desire to buy a car, I, and I get that. Expand the use of highway trust fund towards multimodal transportation and moving people and cargo without fossil fuel. That's all well and good in a place like Portland where it's overpopulated and crowded anyway. That, that's a great thing. But, I mean, taking the taxpayers' dollars and spending, I don't know, billions to try to migrate all of that over is insane to me. It's insane. Ensure equitable um, electrification and driver's license eligibility for all. There's a lot of taxpayer dollars involved with that as well. I mean, we're talking, we're talking tens of billions of dollars here to get this done. And here's the caveat of what they put behind something like that: ensure equitable electrification and driver's license eligibility for all. Dot. 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 Regardless of immigration status, that harkens that that should remind you of something very near that happened just recently, where we now give driver's licenses to illegal immigrants. Illegal immigrants? Are you kidding me right now? Enact equitable relig- uh, regional transportation funding merchant um, uh, mechanisms. What does that mean? Oh, all that means is more money being spent out of Oregon's pocket expand the trans the transit operations workforce. I mean that's all well and good, but I just don't see the end game playing out very well. that's that's the that's the big problem here for me with with that. And then they go on to talk about uh, I believe it's p- point number seven where they fund the just transition. Uh, fund real climate solutions. <laughs> Come on guys. create progressive, mechanisms and institutions such as green bank to ensure communities are not competing for jobs or funding. That's always going to be a thing. They're always going to be competing for that. And again, I'm for going green in some areas, but you're talking about just like the green new deal on a, on a national level, you're talking about something that's just not going to work until a viable, cheap, renewable energy source comes into play. Battery operated cars, things like that, that we can't afford i can't go out and afford a hundred and thirty thousand dollar tesla i'm sorry i i just i can't um (laughs) ensure equitable decision making processes in an allocation of funds well that just sounds like well we need to think more about this we need to think more about this and how we're going to do the thing and again it's just going to take too much time it's just going to take a lot of time and a lot of money that we just don't have right now And it's going to change too many people's jobs and too many things way too quickly um, that we just need to to take a a second here and rethink. And you should be in class. Anyway, just all the things that are surrounding that are really bugging me about it. So anyway, we're going to come back and talk more about this when we the people return locally here. What's going on on a local level as well uh, when we come back right here at 104.3 FM KSLM. Stand by. Okay. Lastly, as we're wrapping up the hour here, um, some, some big things are coming up on, on the horizon and I want to take a second and just sort of address those. Um, thank you for hearing me out there on these things. Um, I really appreciate it. I know it's, it's a huge topic that you really can't digest and, um, dissect and delve into too quickly. I just, we need to be educated and we need to understand where our values lie and like I said just trying to make sense and synergize this whole conversation to what we as Americans need to do and, and more specifically what we as Oregonians need to do to protect our future and to protect the people that we love to protect our families and our values and that's not giving more control to the government that's not giving play to a obscene crisis like climate control like the climate crisis and on all that stuff and the there's way too much to get into. Does that make sense? There's way too much to get into in an hour. But I just wanted to draw some attention to this ridiculous march up in Portland and how it just, when, when things do, when they do things like this, it puts everything on halt and it, and it goes, really, guys, come on. Educate yourselves, think about the long term, exercise to maturity, and move the flip forward. Um, and, and I'm all for regenerative and sustainable things. I'm all for that because I think we do need to take care of our planet, obviously. And I think that there are some things that we are doing long-term that will help to get those carbon emissions down. But a lot of the scares locally from carbon emissions came from the fires that were happening. I don't know if you guys remember the Chetco bar fire. Or the fire up, you know, the, the Multnomah fire up there that I just saw. I took a plane. I took my wife and I up on a plane and uh, toured the waterfalls up there here recently. And it is tragic. And And no wonder we saw carbon emissions skyrocket for a minute. But that's the reason why. You know, our planet is fine. Our planet is going to be fine. Our planet's going to continue to rejuvenate and continue to provide us oxygen and things to breathe. And, you know, all that's in God's hands anyway but we need to do our part I understand that I get that and if that's all you hear me say is the opposite of that then you're missing the point I'm all for this stuff but just like the Green New Deal that Ocasio-Cortez tried to throw out there here a few months ago it's happening now on a local level where Kate Brown and other leaders and the mayor up in Portland are trying to draw attention to it's you guys are missing the the boat. You're missing the core value here. You're missing and you're trying to take away things that are fundamentally us. Okay. You're, you're taken away from that. And I need you to focus more on how do we stop? How do we, how do we slow down crime and the progression of it? How do we slow down the progression of human trafficking? Okay. Did you know Oregon is one of the biggest byways for that? It's, it's terrible. And other, other things like immigration, illegal immigration. Those are huge. That's a huge thing on our plate that we need to close up those loopholes, get the rest of that wall built, which is helping by the way. And we need to quit giving licenses, driver's licenses to illegal immigrants. We need to quit giving away our resources like this and, and save them for people who are doing it the right way. Okay. Uh, one of the points in here is talking about regenerative, sustainable farms and forests. Okay, care for Oregon's natural and agricultural resources, people and communities who experience them. I'm all for the natural beauty of things, absolutely. But when we have boneheads that drop smoke grenades down a cavern in a, or down a down a hill on a on a hiking trail that devastate hundreds of thousands of acres of beautiful beautiful landscape, I mean we need to be teaching our children how to be respectful and how to behave as young men and women of our future. Would you not agree? And if we would do our part to do that, instead of taking a loosey-goosey back seat to the development of our young people, we'll see a brighter future if we quit doing that and take a front seat, take control, take command, Take leadership. That's why I've been trying to say, hey, we need leaders. We need Oregonians. We need national leaders who are um, of the mindset where we have the best at heart, the best interest at heart for our people. We need people like that. We need people that remember the core values of why we set out to establish an America. We need people like that. A bullet point here is ensuring Oregon's forests. Which remove carbon from the air are sustainably managed. I don't disagree with that, but you got to remember that there are hundreds of thousands of acres of trees that are replanted after they harvest them. There's there's that. There's the and you have to remember that there's the influx of the industrial hemp industry coming back into play here, which really will be helpful because hemp is hemp is way more sustainable than uh than trees for paper (laughs) way more sustainable for construction material and things like that that's why the hemp industry is on such a rise especially here in oregon because it grows better than anywhere else come on it's 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 more common sense than politics if you want to remove politics out of the equation use your common sense use your reason they're wanting to invest in tree canopies. Tree canopies? You mean things that blanket over? Yeah, it just doesn't make s- resilient landscapes. Okay, like what plastic lawns and regenerator- regenerative agriculture to to uh, sequester carbon and clean regional airsheds. You know, all all great ideas, but the planet can do what the planet does best, which is which is grow. We just got to take care of it and quit teaching our kids and quit not teaching our kids that it's it's not okay to drop smoke grenades down the hill of a heavily wooded area. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Protect farm and forest workers. Duh. Yeah, we try to do that anyway. We've got policies in place to do that. And the ecosystem from toxic emissions and harmful pr- pesticides, those things are in place already, guys. We do those things. Ensure green workforce opportunities for low-income people of color and former forest industry workers to create high-paying, sustainable jobs in the forest economy. We do that already. The problem is you're trying to instigate programs and initiate things in the, in the private and public sectors that are just going to cost the taxpayers more money. We are tapped out as it is. And then throw in their transportation justice just as the cherry on top. I and mean, that's barely halfway through the list transportation justice addressing the transportation issues I I get it but you know I go I walk around and I see people I see two people on a bus that should hold 30 or 40 people. <sighs> use some common sense guys. Uh, use funds to build a third bridge that would help ease congestion. I don't know stuff like that, right? expanding the highway trust fund. We spend so much money on our highways and 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 stuff like that anyway. You're talking about instigating initiating programs that are just going to cost us more money that have no real long-term solutions. Anyway, I, I'm I'm done ranting. At least I should be done ranting. Anyway, more on that later. I really appreciate you guys. Hey, look for some big news coming up here for KSLM here in the near future. We've got some big changes and some fun things happening that you are going to want to pay attention to. It's just more opportunity for you to have a voice in Salem and a very tangible way of how you can help and be a part of it all. I'm Curtis Crittenden. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me and taking the time out of your Saturday to listen to just me ranting about this stuff. And again, Know your values, get back in touch with your values and what makes you you, and stand up. It is okay to stand up and have the backbone to be a leader locally and nationally to do what's right. To do what's right. And, uh, you know, I'm done. I'm done talking about it. Let's go educate ourselves. And when you come up against someone who's being hypocritical, when you come up against someone who's telling you one thing and bleeding out the other side, the other. It's like, listen, let's just remember who we are and our core values and and let's move forward from there and try to make this thing work as best we can and let's do the right thing. I'm Curtis Crittenden for 104.3 FM KSLM. This is We The People. You'll find more about us there on Facebook uh, at Allegiance to the Flag or just look at We The People there on Facebook. You'll find us. Appreciate you. More emails later on to come. Check us out and uh, we'll be glad to have you next time.